Ah, say it ain't so. Jaheim Singletary to Arkansas. Ugh. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So you can cross this transfer portal target off your wish list, Miami Hurricanes fans. Jaheim Singletary uh, broke uh, earlier today is committing to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, transferred out of Georgia. Arkansas must have made quite an impression on Mr. Singletary because he was supposed to take multiple more visits this month in the month of March, including Miami. So, you know, Arkansas, congratulations to them. He's going to be a Razorback now. We will focus on the next targets. But to talk more about this and to talk about some key Hurricanes recruiting targets, including Jeremiah Smith for the class of 2024, let's welcome in our good pal, John Garcia Jr., recruiting expert here on the Locked On Network. So, John, uh, just from my standpoint, obviously, if you do a hit on Locked On Razorbacks with, uh, you know, later on uh, today, I'm sure that uh, they'll be very happy about this. But it's quite a bummer that uh, Jaheim Singletary, for me, is going to Arkansas. Yeah, I'm surprised. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, covered Jaheim extensively through high school, and and there was really a continuity between the schools that were old for him. It was Georgia, Ohio State. Um, Miami and Florida. I mean, those were the four schools in one way, shape, or form the whole time. And then when he jumped into the portal, you knew Miami was one of the first schools to make that connection, uh, and they immediately uh, started to to gain traction and almost the expectation that he was going to end up in Coral Gables when all is said and done. But as more time went on, you're talking about you know you know several months at this point. As more time went on. Other schools jumped in. Um, Arkansas, obviously, Maryland, Tennessee. We heard a lot of schools uh, trying to jump into this mix from the beginning. He reciprocated with uh, a lot of visits. But like you said at the top, Miami was supposed to get a trip here in the near future. So uh, obviously um, an abrupt end uh, to that recruitment, uh, which was viewed as as a, a very important transfer portal target for Miami. So this new who's uh, paired with the Cormani McLean ordeal really puts more onus on, on the rest of the newcomers in the secondary and particularly at corner, you know, the Brown brothers yeah. in particular, I think they become uh, the focal points of, of the newcomers in the secondary. And, and I think the roles that each may have to occupy as, as early as this fall are going to be increased that much more and, and of, of more importance. So, yeah, this is a, a big blow for the Hurricanes recruiting efforts, no doubt, um, if these reports are true. Um, I was told the reason it was going slow initially was because Jaheim was still classes at Georgia. He was going to finish this semester and then going to make his his next step. But, but obviously, uh, Jaheim could multitask here and, and got this recruitment done uh, a little bit sooner than, than maybe some expected. So if it is done, huge grab for Arkansas. I will say we've seen transfer portal commitment lips in the past that that has happened, uh, but it's not very common, at least not yet in the transfer portal era. So uh, a big get 
for Sam Pittman and company, and, and no doubt a huge loss for Mario Cristobal and, and this uh, defensive staff. Well, hopefully uh, not too many losses coming up here. Uh, I, I want to look at the class of 2024, John, and somewhere, you know, Miami, they're, they're swimming upstream on this one because they're already behind Ohio State in the recruitment of five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, who is widely considered to be not only the top receiver, but the top overall player in the class of 2024. He's a South Florida kid, Shamanad, Madonna. Uh, and, you know, if Miami had a better year at wide receiver and in the passing game last year, he might already be a Miami verbal commit and not an Ohio State commit right now. But Miami is trying to pick up some ground there. Uh, how difficult will that be, John? Because he does have connections to multiple people on the Miami staff. He's got connections to Kevin Beard and has great rapport with the new wide receivers coach at Miami. And he's got a relationship with Shannon Dawson through his cousin, Geno Smith, who was a quarterback at West Virginia while Dawson was there. Um, how difficult will it be for Miami to parlay those relationships into a hopeful flip? Yeah, not easy. Not easy. But first of all, shout out to Broward County legend Geno Smith, $100 million uh, to him uh, with the Seahawks. Yeah. But look, uh, his cousin, Jeremiah, is is like you said, the consensus number one receiver. And for me, the number one player in the country early on in, in, in this 2024 Sust can do everything. And he's still somehow getting better. Now he's putting together like elite track times all of a sudden. So Jeremiah's stock is somehow still rising in the football world. So you understand why this recruitment is, is so darn contested. He was at Florida state on Saturday. He's trying to get back to Miami unofficial visit. But of course uh, this is Ohio state's race to lose. He, he literally tried to commit to OSU multiple times before they said, yes, they, they wanted him to take it slow. Hey, you're a South Florida guy. It's early. Take it slow. We'll be here. And, and they eventually said, okay, yeah, green light, come on board. Um, and look, it's tied to Brian Hartline, right? It's, it's pretty yeah. clear to see from the Ohio State perspective what they've done from a recruiting and a developmental standpoint that that position is as good as any school at any position over the last decade or so. However, as we mentioned, uh, ties to both new hires on the offensive side of all, uh, relative to his position, Shannon Dawson, Coach Gino, and they've begun – to cultivate a relationship. They have been on the phone a couple of times. We talked to Jeremiah on Sunday at the Under Armour Orlando camp. And then Kevin Beard, even more so. Um, he said he has known Kevin for nearly a decade at this point. Uh, another South Florida legend, uh, obviously, uh, also coached Geno Smith at one point. Um, but really, it's the rapport that Beard has created with uh, a bevy of South Florida wide receiver recruits, just in general. Um, sure, he was recruiting them to Toledo, I'm sure. But, you know, that was probably more of a portal recruitment. Hey, we love you. Yeah. If you hit the portal in two years, give us a phone call. Now he can change the tone. Um, and I think prioritizing Jeremiah Smith was, was really always going to be the case, even if he didn't already have that relationship. And what Jeremiah says uh, about Beard is, He's just consistent and he's real. There's not a lot of sugarcoating and they've progressed to the point AD where it's beyond football. It's beyond the X's and O's and, and route releases and all of that It's beyond that. So I do think if for some reason there is a defection from Ohio state or, Hey, Brian Hartline had head coaching interest past year in the carousel. If something like that does push forward, 
I think Miami could be a prime spot to take advantage of a local recruit. You know, it's a big need. He has said that this offense under Shannon Dawson will look better. Um, so I do think that the ball's in Miami's court, but it's got to also translate field um, right now, right? Because obviously there's only one season in between now and Jeremiah signing his national letter of intent. So if you do see tangible improvement uh, from that standpoint, it does help you with Jeremiah Smith. But overall, it's going to be hard to beat Ohio State barring a Ryan Day and, and or Brian Hartline change of, of title or or job overall together. But look, Miami's going to scratch and claw on this recruitment, and it has to. You've got to land yeah. an elite player at wide receiver because you really missed on some big names in, in 2023 anyway. So the onus is there for Miami at, at that position in particular – much less that he's, you know, a local kid out of uh, out of Broward County as well. I want to talk with John about a couple of the top visitors that were at Junior Day this past weekend who both had a great time uh, from modern day over in California, Aiden Breland and Brandon Baker. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier but you don't want to compromise taste, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You're not going to think they're good for you, but they are perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And you can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first and second listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, Miami, uh, a lot of visitors came down for Junior Day, John. I was there and I saw dozens, if not hundreds of players and their families there. I know that they tried to stagger out certain prospects, guys like Air Nolan. They'd rather have, you know, come in later for a more intimate visit. But you know, a couple of the players from out of state that, you know, probably couldn't adapt their plans so quickly that I know Miami is very high on uh, teammates uh, from uh, modern day Academy. Uh, Brandon Baker, let's start with him. The four star offensive tackle, six foot five, 285. Uh, he had really good things to say about his visit, John. What can you tell me about this player? Well, look, this is a guy in, in this of of all of them you could argue that mario has recruited the longest you know i think he got a middle school offer from oregon obviously when when crystal ball and and, and mirabal and even joe salve were all there so um that that type of long-standing relationship is is not easy to to overcome for other programs and obviously the pitch has changed hey don't stay in pac-12 country anymore come all the way across the country but when when it's a four plus year relationship, it, it hits different. And, and that's what Baker has um, kind of reciprocated uh, um, to this What's unique about him getting down to junior day is 
spring practice kicked off, right? And I think that's what is is different about this time of year in general, especially when you're talking about a recruit from across the country. Because, yeah, you know the pitches from these coaches and you built a rapport with them, crystal ball on down, but it's different to see them in action. Um, and obviously if you're talking to any offensive lineman and we talk to a bunch up in Orlando and, and every week, the Miami offer and the Miami priority level hits different because of crystal ball's history on the offensive line. It just feels like you have margin for error because there are more hands, more eyes, relative to your position that are very much in tune with what you want to become. And if you look at the class of 23, it was another validator in that direction, whether you look at Okanlola or Maui Goa, uh, even the portal players like, like a Javian Cohen, um, all of that points to continuity and, and longstanding success up front, if nothing else. So all of that really helps in the pitch to younger prospects, even when they're, from across the country and, and at modern day where you're so well coached and so well watched among the best in the country to have a chance with those type of prospects, especially on the offensive line. And Baker will be another one of those critical case studies, just like we talked about last cycle with Okanlola and Maui Goa, where at one point Miami looked good. And at other points, other teams looked like the favorite. I think yeah. that recruitment is going to feel a lot like, those two and obviously you know this audience wants it to end the same way and with that crystal ball mirror ball battery in place it's hard to bet against even even if the kid is is from southern california what about his uh, teammate on the defensive line aiden breland at six foot five 290 pounds and he he's very active on social media he was uh sending out a lot of content yeah. photos and all, which is great to see that he really enjoyed his junior day visit. Uh, is this guy the real deal? Absolutely. Uh, th this is this is those modern day, modern day and day uh, interior defensive linemen that can get after the passer. I mean, these are the guys that really wreck offensive game plans. So you understand the priority level there. Uh, again, coming from that program, incredibly well coached and incredibly well recruited. So. Um, this is where I think we're going to begin to measure Jason Taylor's prowess because he was a part of a lot of different recruitments um, as, as an off-field guy, but now he's got the tag, right? He, he's got the on-field yeah. gig, and, and this is where we're going to start to figure out through this whole cycle just how darn good he's going to be a long-standing recruiter and Breland's going to be a great case study in that direction because um, Miami is is not uh, his earliest offer he does not have the longest standing relationship with Taylor so it's kind of the opposite of the Baker recruitment this is much more new and about right now uh, so getting him on campus was e even more more critical I, I would say because you've got to stay in this race uh, a billion schools are involved here he's a well-traveled kid who's already made a bunch of visits across the country. So you've got to just kind of hang around in this recruitment at this point. The good news for Miami with Breland is not only did he enjoy the visit and he's saying all the right things, showed you, like you said, a lot of great things on, on social, but it looks like he's going to take his time with the process. That is great news for Miami because in theory, it's got some ground to make up in this recruitment, but it always starts with, with an offer and then a visit. And those two boxes are now checked uh, for 
Aiden Breland. So you know, chips fall where they may and try to push for an official visit here. That's the next logical step. And it looks like Breland's got some slots available uh, in that direction. He's still, again, pretty early in the process. So um, this will be another uh, interesting case study because, again, you're, you're recruiting nationally. You know, the, the thought at Miami is you don't have to recruit nationally, but Cristobal continues to push these West Coast and national ties. And, and I don't blame him, especially this early in the cycle. So Breland's a big deal. And, and I think Jason Taylor's individuality as a recruiter is going to start to come into play a, a lot more um, on the plus side or otherwise as this cycle uh, winds down. Fantastic stuff as always from John Garcia Jr. Want to make sure you follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore Jr. John, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Likewise, Alex. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Guys, make sure you make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. Andy Patton and Isaac Shade take you around the college basketball landscape with conference tournaments going on. Selection Sunday coming up this week. Make sure to check out Locked On College Basketball on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.